Welcome to the Desert Street Podcast, the podcast helping you develop forex trading skills for more freedom. I'm your host, Etienne Kret. We are in episode 161. Let's get started right away. And Mandy, for the two or three people not knowing you right now, can you introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you do exactly? I'm an active DEX trader, um, DEX and Forex. I I gave up trading Forex, to be honest, a few years ago because I wasn't performing well at it. And the reason why I knew I wasn't performing well at it was because my statistics showed me. It's not something that I made up because it didn't feel good or so. So my statistics clearly showed me DEX, I perform really well, everything else not so well. So I thought I'd focus on the DEX. But then a year ago, I met Tony and Matt, who are guys from Sydney, they're equipment sex traders. And I was so lucky. And this is how the conversation about million dollar traders came up. They're going to kill me because they hate being called that. (laughs) (laughs) So, but um, you know what, for us, they are. And I realized the way they looked at the markets that the reason why I didn't perform in Forex was because there was a whole chunk of information that, that was missing for me that I didn't know about. And before we got into the, get into the discussion of we only need um, technicals or we only need fundamentals, I really don't care. I know what I need. So, Etienne, I know you're a solidly TA trader and that works for you, right? So rock on. For me, it didn't work. And for me, that other piece that Tony and Matt taught me was the thing that was missing for me, which was a, a big fundamental chunk on understanding the correlations of the markets. And, and I love it, to be honest, as well. So, and that changed my forex trading. So that is just for me. Everyone is different. And all the guys who rock on with TA rock on. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it doesn't work. It just didn't work for me. Whereas with the DEX, I only trade TA. I don't do any fundamental work. The extent that I go to with fundamentals is um, euro up, DEX down, DEX, uh, euro down, DEX up. That's as far as I go. And that's very, very generalized because there's times when they move in um, um, synchronicity as well. So I can't remember where I started or what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also coach traders. I'm specialized in trading mindset and improving their performance. And um, I've been doing that for um, over 10 years now and been trading since 2000-ish. It took me a long time to become successful. That was before the internet started. So I think if I had started now, like now when we have the internet, I would have been successful much faster because access to so much more information. But on the flip side, newer traders tell me, yes, there is so much information, but I don't know what is right and what is wrong. I don't have any sequence. I get a piece of information here, a piece of information there, and I don't know what to do with it. And I thought this was really interesting. And, you know, also, I think the latest broker statistics was that 25% of traders only make it, which is a vast improvement to the 10% that we had, right? But then of the 25% of traders who get past the break-even point into becoming profitable, we don't know how many of them are able to sustain their living from trading solidly and feed their families. So I think this is only maybe 1% of the 25%. So that's what I'm doing. I'm living in Melbourne. I'm German, a child of the universe now with Skype, hanging out with Canadians in Mexico and um, other crazy people here on Twitter at 8 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning for a sun buff. Crazy dude. Yeah, some people, I love that. But to continue on what you were saying before, the fact that 25% of people go to become profitable, I think there's a problem of also longevity. So how long do they last doing that? Do they last for a month or five months or five years? Or even 10 years, that's a big difference, I think. Yes, we don't have data on that, do we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you, like the, the people you look forward to or the people you look up to, like the traders that make more or like a lot of money, what do they do differently than you think most people do? Are there like maybe one to five things they do completely different? Yeah, yeah, it's completely different. I had lunch with a guy, thanks to my friend William, whom you interviewed, right? So I, I meet William for lunch um, once every few weeks. We're really close friends. And William said, I'm going to bring my childhood friend. And so this guy is a rocket scientist. <laughs> and so we are talking about the challenges in the market. And I, I said, 
about, you know, told a story about a trader not taking their losses and they lost everything, right? And then the guy was looking at me really confused. He said, well, I know when to take my losses when, and then he gave me some mathematical formula. <laughs> and I had to laugh because um, those guys, you know, who are like really successful, they can't understand the stuff that we go through hanging on to a losing trade. They're like, what's wrong with those people? <laughs> you know? They don't get it. They don't feel it. They don't know. They have a completely different way of thinking. But is it possible that they've been through that before or they just kind of skip that at some point? Look, there is people in this world that we can divide into two separate areas, right? There's the ones who are very, very thinking focused. They're kind of cut off from their feelings. And then there's those who are very feeling focused and they're kind of cut off from their thinking because the, the feeling is so strong that the prefrontal cortex goes on holidays and the amygdala, so the survival brains take over and they live their life like that. And they are more in caring caring professions. So, you know, me as a coach, I started out as someone extremely feeling focused and it's not a big problem, right? It's just we need to identify that and then need to fill the gap that they need to fill, meaning they need to activate their thinking more. And when they think more and the feeling gets into balance, then they can succeed. So when we look at the extremely successful people in business, in trading, yeah, it's pretty much you know, business, generally speaking, in trading, or even in sports, they are extremely thinking focused and they are not in touch with their emotions as much until they get older. So that is one really, really big difference. It's hard to explain. So on the flip side, the people who are not performing in trading and hang on to their losing trades, they haven't developed their thinking abilities as much. And that's why I say they have to study financial literacy and numeracy. Go and do a statistics course. Yeah? They have to study how to think like those successful people think. And, and so that's, you know, I was extremely lucky because I work with some phenomenal traders and I was allowed to profile them, how they think, how they feel, how they approach the markets. And they don't feel happy to take their losses either, but they still do what needs to be done. So they don't do their decisions based on how they feel. They do their decisions based on what needs to be done. To give you an example that is more tangible for people is when you eat, do you stop eating based on feeling full or based on having finished your plate and you know you had enough nutrition? When you get up in the morning, do you get up because you feel like getting up or based on it's 7.30, I get up every morning at 7.30 so that I know that I get on time for work. When you leave your house, you leave your house based on I need to leave my house at that time because that's what it takes to be at my appointment on time. Or do you leave your house based on, yeah, I'm feeling I'm ready now. And now you get the gist, don't you? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really precise. I think that's something really important. And also to see kind of the big picture. It's not being impacted by the day-to-day trades or the day-to-day results. In a business, that could be like the day-to-day sales or in trading the day-to-day results, so the, the profit and loss. It's looking at the big picture at the end of that and doing what needs to be done in time, I think. Yeah, because how, how do you know? How do you know what, where you're at in your big picture if you don't look at your statistics? Yeah, and so yeah. many don't do that. And this is another thing. They don't keep their statistics because they don't feel like doing it because it's painful. Yeah, it is painful. It's painful for me as well, for you as well, but we still do it because it needs to is be it done. Because it's painful? So is it because it's painful or because people just don't feel like it or because they feel like it's too much work and something they're not good at at first? Well, the thing is that we need to look at the bigger picture then because if they, if they don't want to do it because they're too lazy or they don't feel like doing it, this is what we call the surface level problem. We need to look at what's underneath that, that mm-hmm. they believe that they're too lazy. And it's always related to not wanting to face reality, not no fear of the fear of not being good enough. So I was working with a trader on Friday, and that was exactly that. You know, we were looking at why is it, what stops him from doing what needs to be done, aka keeping statistics, keeping his journals, right? And said to, he said, I'm so emotional, that's why I don't get into my trades. And I said, how do you know? And he said, well, I just know. And I said, I want statistics. 
out of the last 100 trades, how many times did that happen? And he didn't do that and he resisted it and resented it to do that. And then when we looked at it, it came down to the fear that he will find out that he doesn't have what it takes and he has to give up on his dream. Mm-hmm. And so many traders give up on their dream, Etienne, because they don't do it, because they think they can't do it, because they don't have any statistics that tells them otherwise. Go also, I was trying to reflect back on what, because like for the first two years, I didn't track anything, didn't look back at anything for sure. And then I started to do it some, at some point. I was trying to kind of reflect back on what, like what happened. And I think that's because yeah. I started to trade better, started to kind of see improvement, follow process, a checklist. Yeah. And then it was easier to go back and review because I know I was doing something right. But before that, impossible to go back and review. Yeah. And you didn't have a benchmark to compare to because you didn't have your checklist, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like retail traders. And and that's the thing that I see with with the institutional traders. So I was was chatting with Matt, so many chats, and um, I said to him, what made you so extremely successful? Because the funny thing, when I first started talking to Matt, I said, how do you trade? You know, what's your strategy? Do you have anything written down? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I had to draw it out of him. So uh, Matt, by the way, is Alpha Hub on Twitter. Really, really good trader. Amazing trader. And so he didn't have a checklist. But the difference was that he grew up in an environment, or grew up as a trader, in an environment where he had benchmarks. Whereas we retail traders, we don't have that. You know, we are alone at home doing our thing thinking that everything that's being said on Twitter is the truth. So I said to Matt, what do you think is the one thing that sets apart retail traders from institutional traders? And he said he started out in in a high-performance environment. He started out being trained by traders who are extremely successful and, you know, experienced in the market. So he kind of was, he had a certainty, he never doubted, right, that he gets the correct information. So he just absorbed it all. And that gave him the confidence that he's on the right path. So along those lines were his words. And this is something that I see with a lot of retail traders. They don't have the certainty that the information they get is correct because they start out learning from someone and they realize this person was just a good marketer, but not a good trader. And most of us, most of retail traders, thank God I'm beyond that now. took me many years don't have the confidence that they're on the right path because there's so many conflicting information. They don't know which one is the right one. So to give you another example, I don't know if you saw the conversation with Cyclops on Twitter. Um, Cyclops is a, is a really good friend of mine, amazing trader. And he solidly trades off feeling. You know, he doesn't have a trading strategy written down. And I'm like, hmm. dude, how can you perform? But this guy, he makes a lot of money. You know, and so it shows that it's not always that you need to have your strategy written down, that there are instances where you don't need it. But he also grew up in an, in a professional environment. Yeah, so he was guided from the very beginning by someone who already had their runs on the board. And that's the difference. So how can you, replic- how can you kind of replicate that if you're not in a bank and you're just sitting by yourself? Yeah, yeah. So... That's the, that's the really tough thing because um, when you start out, you don't know what you don't know, as you say, right? Mm-hmm. So when we start out, that's why it is important when you start with a strategy that is written down that you can benchmark against. And so, you know, a trader asked me, he sent me a really good question. He said, how do I know that my strategy is not working because my strategy is not working or because I have mindset problems. And I said, go back and look at all your trades. And if you had gotten out at your predetermined exit, would you have been in profit? Then you know your strategy would have worked. And it's a mindset problem. So for us retail traders, we need to start at a different level. You need to have a strategy, get it from someone like yourself. I know you have your strategy and then follow that. So that's where you can start out. And you also need to document, did I get out of my trade because I followed my strategy or because I started getting anxious? That's simple. That's where it can start as simple. And if I got out because I got anxious, then we need to do something about it. So Cyclops was moving house and 
he did some silly, something really silly that cost him a lot of money. And then on the back of that, he started, he lost his confidence, right? He started doubting and started taking his profits far too early. Like he left thousands on the table for a few weeks. And then, you know, we spent hours at night taking apart what was going on for him and then put it back together so he can continue and do what he does best. Yeah. So he realized that he was affected, which was a mindset thing. And then we needed to work on his mindset. Now, before he didn't need that because his statistics showed, well, not his statistics, but his bank account shows that he was doing really, really well. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. If you have any questions, mm-hmm. comment below in the chat. I'll make sure to answer your question. And Mandy, I, I want to ask you this because I got a lot of discussions recently with people that I've been wasting time for like a lot of months or years of trading and they just don't do what they're supposed to do. So what do you think it takes to kind of shift that to doing what, it, what needs to be done? Is there like a clear shift you can make or is it just kind of when you're ready to make the shift? I don't know how that happens, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I had a conversation. I was hanging out with a guy yesterday who was down from Sydney and he has a brokerage, right? He has a little online broker. And so we looked at, um, he showed me statistics, really interesting. Etienne, every single trader who was a multimillionaire trader or millionaire trader, or not even millionaire trader, who was making really good money, let's say $10,000 a month onwards, which is what, $120,000 Australian it was, which is, you know, in my model of the world, a really good trader already. The average income in Australia is $70,000. So that should be your first benchmark, reach $70,000 in a year. So that gives you the right to get out of your job and start trading full-time. Now, none of them had results that was 85, 95% profit loss. None of them. They were all around 50, 55, 60, 65. And a few of them were 70, 75, but not many. Now, When I work with most traders, they are so focused on their profit-loss ratio to bring that up to 80-90%. And that that is killing them because you both know it's not working. There is the odd trader who does it naturally and it, it comes naturally to them and they do. But I'm talking about the majority now, okay? So... Go away from this stupid obsession that's, that's killing your account that you have to have a high profit loss ratio. You want to make money, not look good. That's all you want to do. And everything else, it's ego. And I love my ego, right? Don't get me wrong. If I didn't have a healthy amount of ego, I wouldn't be here speaking in front of thousands of people. But it's an ego that is a positive ego that hopefully helps thousands of traders as well. The ego that I'm talking about is the one that keeps us small, that um, hurts our dreams. And that is the, I want to have statistics that look good so that I can feel good about myself. It's like having a fancy car or so. I can feel good about myself and I can boast to other people how well I'm doing. It's not the point. So it's kind of the certainty that you're going to put in a trade now and you'll probably gain money on that, probably earn money on that trade. That most people want to have that. Yeah, yeah. So in a nutshell, what it all comes back to always, always, always is self-trust. So if someone needs to have a nice car to feel good about them, so now, again, don't get me wrong, I love nice cars, but I don't need a nice car to feel good about myself. I need a nice car to experience the freedom of driving fast and, you know, the, the special feeling of power when you have, you know, a V8 engine in front of you. I need a car for that, right? But I feel perfectly fine without it within myself as well. So... When someone needs a high profit loss ratio statistics, you know, I have had 10 profitable trades in a row. That shows me that they have a lack of self-trust, a lack of self-worth, a lack of feeling good about themselves, that they're okay the way they are and that they feel they have to live up to a certain expectation of the world, of the environment so that they can be accepted and loved. Now, we're going really deep here, but I do that on purpose because That is the level of work I do. We know we have been working together for quite a while now. And we either get traders who are now, okay, not interested in this uh, conversation, and they drop off, and that's fine. 
or we get traders who say, yep, that resonates. And I'm now willing to deal with my challenges that I have. They won't only be in trading, they will be everywhere in their lives. Right. So yeah. what is it, what makes someone being able to, my favorite example, to resist a chocolate or not, uh, or have to binge eat chocolates, exactly the same thing, binge eating chocolates or binge trading, same thing. So when I'm really, really starved and, you know, I haven't eaten all day and then finally I get to a pizza shop, I'm going to eat that pizza because I'm so hungry. Right? I, I don't discriminate. Many people, many traders that get into the market being so hungry for appreciation, for results, for success, for feeling um, hope that they can have a better life, yeah? for hope that they have choices, for the hope that they can escape their job, you know, because, boy, it's tough out there in the real world. Oh, I think my world is the real world. Our world is the real world, Etienne. <laughs> Yeah. But you but know, I was going to disconnect so the same thing as having a full time job. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, working in a big corporation, there's a lot of politics going on, there's a lot of poison going around. We don't have that. I don't have that in my life. You don't have that in your life either. And that's the big difference. Does that make sense? Is that helpful? Yeah, I love that. And Colin was mentioning something pretty interesting the fact that there are names in trading, such as like stop loss, where they kind of motivate you to not do it based on the name. Maybe that's just for some people, maybe not for everyone, but kind of the terminology you use, the word you use can make it more difficult, I think, to apply it or not, in my opinion. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, Etienne, and that's the thing, you are very, very driven by process. And boy, am I jealous of you. <laughs> because now that's, that's your edge, right? And I'm still something that, that I'm developing still, you know, after so many years that I'm trying to improve. So I need to improve that because then my emotions cannot take hold of me as much. I'm extremely emotional in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, but so I need to learn to manage my emotions. I want to keep them because they're good in other areas of their life. They make me a good coach, right? But they affect my trading if I don't work with them. So one thing that I do with my traders, I'm spilling secrets here now. As Colin said, when we have to take losses, and I noticed that in myself as well. So I'm doing really well, right? Trading's going good. Had an epic last two weeks with the decks. And then I have a trade that is not going so well. And I have to take a loss. So this is what I used to do, right? I used to be focused on my, on, on, on my chart, right? Looking at my chart. And then the loss comes. I'm like, mm, it's okay. And then it approaches my stop loss. And then I would do like this. I would... Oh, I would stump over and say, I don't want to take this loss. And I would say a few swear words, right? How do I know? Because I filmed myself, which was extremely painful as well, but that's the thing. <laughs> and I idea. wrote down. Yeah, so I wrote down my self-talk. I wrote down my feelings and I filmed my body language. That showed me that I had a negative association to taking losses. Yeah, And how, where did that come from? When I grew up, <laughs> when I grew up, I think we need to throw one guy out here. When, when I grew up, I was taught that losing money is a bad thing because I, I, um, my mom gave me $5 to go um, buy some milk down the road or five Deutschmark and I lost it. And when I came home, she scolded me for it. Yeah, as simple as that. So I learned that losing money is a bad thing and I get, I, I, uh, my mom's going to be upset about it. Even as a grown woman, right? I still have that in me. And um, so taking a loss is a bad thing. What I had to do is to reassociate that it's okay. How would I do that? And this is what I do with my traders. I talk to them saying, hmm, taking losses, that's so good. And I, I ask them to hold their arms like this and do like this when they're women most of the time. And when they're men, I say, oh, taking losses is, I'm so proud of you that you take your losses. Well done for taking your losses. What's your favorite food? Chocolates. Mmm, chocolate taking losses. I'm so proud of myself that I cut my losses and I just move on. So I, I reorganize my neurology. And then when you have done that a few times, I do it on my leg. It's sometimes easier, right? So whatever works for you. On my, here we have a thymus gland. 
it's really good to do that on your thymus gland that's coming from yoga. And um, I think it's called thymus gland or T-H-Y something. So you start reassociating positive feelings with taking your losses. You're a hero because you take your losses because the majority of people, they're losers. They don't take their losses, but hey, me, I'm a hero. I do that. I do what it takes. So you need to rearrange your neurology to feeling good about cutting straight away. What you can also do is get a demo account and practice taking your losses. Practice doing that. Like uh, my friend is a pilot and they do their drills that, you know, if the plane crashes, they do that once a month. How many times do we practice what we do when we crash in the markets? We don't want to take our losses, which is equal to crashing, right? So practice that. And so feel, and, and, you know, maybe reframe it, use a different word. That's fine. I didn't need to use a different word because in English, I don't have the same associations. If I would say it in German, it would be different. Another interesting point, use a different language. How do you say cutting losses in French, Etienne? Uh, I don't think we have a term. The, the term would be weird, but uh, I'm not talking <laughs> about that. Because all the words are in English. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. So when you look at going back to millionaire traders again, you know, William, whom you interviewed, Tony Sycamore, whom you interviewed, I hope that I can convince Matt to go on your program as well. He's still resisting. <laughs> So Alba Capital Management, um, Steve Deegan, ex-Tudor Jones trader, my rocket scientist, um, new friend, everyone that I know, they think about the markets in terms of the market has reached a certain point where it's not working anymore, so I need to get out. That's how they think about the loss. They don't think about, I have to take my loss now because I don't want to lose that much money or shouldn't lose that much money. And it sounds so common sense, but I didn't have that. You know, it was this emotion taking over saying, oh man, I don't want to take this loss. It's working so hard for it. And they don't think like that. They're like, oh, look, the euro has gone up. That should affect the DAX that it goes down because Germany is an export country. I better get out of the DAX. That's what they say. They don't even think about their losses. Yeah, they have no no conception of like a dollar they lose or whatever. It's just a process. Yeah, or, yeah. So then it's fundamentals, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, um, not all of them. Some of them did use technicals as well. So, um, or, you know, rocket scientists, I learned they take like massive, long mathematical equations. <laughs> that keeps you from feeling, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, did that help? I think that's a really good tactic. I think that makes a lot of sense for people to use, especially that, that way of changing your, 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 your kind of the way you act after, yeah, mm-hmm. the way you act after a trade and all that. That's really good, really important. So, uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. So any questions you guys have, come below in the chat. We'll make sure to answer those questions. We had a question from JD. Do you get to love students that are competitive? Yes, really competitive. So amazing question. Thank you so much. That's also another another what what sets them apart so they're not competitive in terms of i want to be better than you they just they love the game they love the challenge they you know they are suckers for a challenge they are like you know i don't know if you guys have um tough mother i think it's a worldwide thing but they would do tough mother and they do the tough mother in trading so they embrace challenging rather uh, challenges rather than trying to avoid challenges they embrace having a heated conversation and having a conflict rather than hiding from it. And so this was one of my things as well. I was naturally hating confrontation. You know, I would say to people what they want to hear so that I don't need to confront having, you know, having a discussion. I, because I didn't know how to have a discussion. I never learned it. I was always shut down as a child. Don't argue with me. Yeah. So I, I learned not to argue which in trading is not helping. So one of the things that I did is I started looking for, for fights. Now, not physical fights and, and not rude fights or crude fights. I was, you know, learning how to discuss. So whenever I needed to, my bank, so I was, um, there was a debit coming out on my bank and I was $5 short and then they charged me a $15 fee for overdrawn. $15 for $5 overdrawn. This is like, 
excuse me, in the past, I would have swallowed the $15. Now I'm saying, I work freaking hard for my $15. Don't take my $15. So I called the bank and I negotiated with them. I said, I want my $15 back because ABCD. In the past, I would have never done that. So I started saying, I need to learn how to deal with conflicts and to feel okay about being in a conflict and would seek out situations where I do what needs to be done. I remember my brother, so I, I had a legal case, right? And I remember my brother saying to me, call your lawyer and we negotiate the fee. And I'm like, no, they did the work for me. You can't do that. And I didn't. That was not because they, I acknowledged that they did the work for me. That was because it was me avoiding the fear of conflict and feeling bad and feeling rejected and, and, and all that stuff. So once we work on this part, the fear of being abandoned and rejected and not being appreciated and so on, then we can go on and have healthy conversations around what needs to be done. They took my $15, which I thought was not fair, was out of proportion. I got my money back, of course. So yes, fantastic. If you're a person who hates confrontation, go practice confrontation. Yeah, do that. And don't be rude. Like, really learn how to have a constructive confrontation. Yeah, totally right. Love that. We have also a question about the fact that if you're praising yourself for your losses, or for taking the losses in trading, does that mean that you don't care about the money and that you're willing to lose money? So maybe you can talk on that if you want. Oh, that's a really good point. Of course you care about the money. But in order, I think it was Templeton who said, most traders lose money in the attempt not to lose money. So it's just what you have to do in order to preserve your capital. It's not that you want to lose money. It's that you're preserving your capital. That's what, what it is about. So you need to change the viewpoint of what it means to lose money. So let's look at an, an, another example. You buy a car, you buy a house, you have a life, you have a family. What do you do? You get a car insurance. Does it mean that you like wasting money? No, it means that you have an insurance so that you don't lose more in the event of you know, that tragedy strikes like we have now the storms in America, for example, or the fires here in New South Wales. That's the same thing. You buy life insurance so that your family is okay. Does it mean, I mean, you know, with a car insurance, I spent thousands of dollars on car insurance that I never, ever used. Yeah, but so... It's the same in trading. It's not that you don't care about losing the money. It's about that you care about protecting the money that you have. Change and switch your thinking. Fantastic question. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And we also had a point saying, someone was saying that cutting your losses early is a good thing to do kind of short term because like you cut your losses, but it never feels good in the end because you're always trying to chase and cut really short. And that's not the way you succeed in trading. So uh, we like that, that advice too. That's pretty awesome. Hmm. Just Wonderful. So guys, any it. question you have, yeah, comment below in the chat. Make sure to answer your question, of course. And uh, Mandy, anything you want to talk about or anything that you would like to mention? Yeah, so the conversation we started out was, you know, lessons learned from millionaire traders. Really, the main difference that I find, difference between traders who make money or traders who lose money is... The traders who make money, they know how to think. So if you're losing money, look at that. Learn how to think. Learn how to make better decisions. If you have been trading for several years and you still lose money, you have perfected a strategy that helps you to lose money and not perfected a strategy that helps you to make money. And so look at your, so for example, what um, Sambov said before, does it mean that I don't mind losing money. This is not what it means. So that shows me that your way of thinking is not susceptible or sustainable for being a long-term successful trader, that you need to think differently about what it means to take a loss. It means to protect what you have. It's like an insurance and not, yeah. So that is the main thing. Learn your financial literacy and numeracy. They are really good. It's still one of my challenges. So someone emailed me something about having had $2 million worth of trades. And I'm like, far out. How many trades is that? And my brain was like going blank. 
So I emailed, you know, I sent a message to my um, maths friend. I said, what do I do with this information? He said, well, what that is, means is if you consider that one lot is $100,000, then you do 2 million divided by $100,000. Now you know how many trades he took. Yeah, so I still struggle with that, but I ask people and I learn. I know that now for the rest of my life, it seems common sense to you, it, you know, people who are good with mathematics. For me, it was like no idea. <laughs> yeah, so practice your math skills as well. That is really the main difference. They're real good at mathematics. And they also, they have learned to look at the big picture. So they don't panic when they have short-term losses. I, I don't know why they don't panic, but they have this, well, it's okay. It's just, you know, market will come back. It's all right. That's in a nutshell, the differences that I see. And they really, 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 really understand the market. They don't only look at the market is moving this way or that way. They understand why the market is moving this way or that way. So one example, I was trading the XJO, right? So I had a really massive support area on 6,150. So I traded it short from, I can't remember, it was 6,000, let's say 300. can't remember what it was, right? 6,250 or something. It came down. And then I, I put a message on Twitter. I said, Matt, um, do you have the same support level? And he said, nah, it's going down to 6,100. And I'm like, I can't see how it goes to 6,100. I thought to myself. So I talk, took my profits, feeling chuffed about myself. And then, you know, of course, a few hours later, the XJO was at 6,100. And I thought, how the heck did he know that? And I asked him, right? And so there was a little bit more than just my support level, which was a massive support level. And that is the piece of information that would have, if I had known that in advance, I would have had another 50 points in profits. 50 points, right? That's a lot. So instead of getting down on myself and thinking, oh man, I'm such a loser, I missed out on that, I'm like, whoa, opportunities. I want to learn how he did that so I can do that too. I want to learn what it is that I missed so I can do that too. Exactly. This is one way to kind of flip it up in the direction so that next time you learn something instead of just feeling down. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. similar to a question has... from JD that you might want to mm -hmm. answer. It's on the same topic. Sure. So how do you keep yourself thinking positive about yourself? I don't. For example, after a bad trade or whatever. Yeah. I feel like so, shit. <laughs> That's the answer. So how do you bring it back? How do you flip this then? That's a better question to ask. Yes. Yeah, so and thank you for that, Etienne, because the quality of the questions we ask will define the quality of the answers we get. I, I don't keep thinking positive about myself. No one does. We all go, go through times when you're like, oh, man, oh, stuffed up. Well, what's wrong with me? But it's the coming back after that. Let's look at Serena Williams. I'm sure she went off the court and was like, oh, my God, what did I do? And maybe her being so emotional was also part of motherhood, you know, don't know, it doesn't matter. So it's the coming back after that, that counts. So lost are a trade and we know it's okay to lose and we know that we have to take our losses and we still feel really bad about it, right? So one thing is when you feel so bad about a trade that's out of proportion where you feel sick in your tummy, then there is some childhood self-image things that you need to address because that is something where a deep-seated shame or a deep-seated guilt has been triggered. Now, when I look at my successful traders, they feel bad, but it's this more this, oh, you know, like the feeling bad after having maybe tipped over your cup of coffee. They don't have this feeling bad of feeling sick in your tummy and wanting to hide underneath the blanket for the next week. And many, many traders experience that, Etienne. You will be surprised. So there's some work to be done in terms of self-image, the programming that you received as a child about being a bad person. So how do you come back from that? The first thing that I would do is just be in that emotion for an hour. Just curl up in bed and really feel it. Don't try to brush it to the side. Don't try to eat chocolates, drink beer, anything that placates those feelings. Really let them out and feel them, give them a color, give them a shape, and really literally in your mind, let them out. And the second thing is you go back and you start thinking about your trading logically then again. You activate your prefrontal cortex. Give yourself a few 
it's here. Or, you know, the back of your head as well. Uh, we have the saying in German, good slap on the back of your head helps you with your thinking. And I always thought it's a floskel, but it's actually not. It's actually, it's true because that's your thinking. Now, I'm not about whacking someone. It's just a slight like, yeah? cool. So, um, go back and say, all right, so what is it that didn't work? Was it my strategy? Was it that the market has changed? Was it me? And now you know what to work on. You either need to work on your strategy or you need to change this. You need to look at, um, so if you look at the decks, right, I had this epic results in the last two weeks because the market just went bang, easy going downhill. Now the market went sideways. And the decks behave really, really weird, like the one-minute movement, really awkward. And I, I knew that there was something up in the past. I would have gotten caught on that sideways where I would have lost all the profits that I made on the way down. Now I understand this, this sideways part. I knew after this long wave down, so price action, there has to be a time phase that's GAN, right? So I took this piece from GAN. And I didn't get engaged in trading. I really traded the last few days when the market had found its bottom because I knew that is the time when I lose my money. Yeah. So in that instance, if I had been trading, I would have had to look at, was it my strategy? My strategy was still fine. Was it the market environment? Yes. It's like going surfing when there is no wind in the ocean. So I have to wait till the market environment is right for my strategy again, or use a new strategy. Or was it something that was wrong with me? No, not necessarily because I cut my losses where my strategy said to cut my losses. So that's the next thing that you do. You start looking at what happened and how do you can improve. Ask someone, you know, Etienne, the thing is that people don't ask enough questions. Like I always ask questions on Twitter. When I see someone posting something that I don't understand, like I asked Trader SZ, he posted this um, chart of the yen and he said, if the yen breaches this middle line, then I go long or short. I'm like, oh, interesting. Why would he do that? Now ask him, would you please explain why? And he did, right? Really generously. So this is how I learn as well. This is my preference here. Most people, when you ask them like a good question, they're going to answer and they're going to help you out. They won't yeah, say, oh, everything. I won't talk about it. They're just going to answer. Most people, like 95% of people. Yeah, exactly. So, and and even ask. the big guys, you know, yeah. like... As I said, Alba, who traded for Paul Tudor Jones, ask him a question. He always is happy to answer. If he doesn't know, he says, I don't know. Really easy. Yeah. Another thing also that the negative association, JD, that you would have, change that. Think of your favorite food. So I did that um, with someone who lives in Greece and he loves feta. I love feta cheese as well. So we did that with feta cheese, right? We were eating pieces of feta cheese whilst cutting losses on the demo account. How much fun is that? And be lighthearted, you know, come on. Don't be so damn important about your losses. Just, you know, lighten up a little as well. And how do I know? Because I was just all super significant about what a bad trader I was. <laughs> you know, that's another thing. Yeah. And what over time, it's easier, easier to kind of make it a habit to cut the losses when they need to be cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe we should rename it and say, I'm protecting my capital. Yeah? Protecting my golden goose. I'm protecting my goose. Because if a fox would jump over the fence, you would protect your goose, right? And think that the fox is the losses that go beyond, you know, what you could spend. Or, yeah. you know, another reframe is I just spent $100 on a scarf that I never wore. And I didn't blink twice but I don't want to lose $20 in trading. Come on, you know, that's, that's a little silly. So where in my life do I waste money without thinking? And then here where it's really, really important, where it's not wasting money, then I don't want to do it because whatever it means for me and about me. Yeah. And I really love the example you gave a few minutes ago about uh, the, the learning you had so from losing all your money in sideways market. And then you like probably did you feel good at that moment, but then you took action on this to learn better. Next time, that's exactly. a good lesson. That exactly. Kind of sure. Yeah. That's and I, in that moment, I could have made a decision that, you know, there's something wrong with me because I'm not patient and yeah. disciplined. But my statistics showed me, again, was my feeling, was my statistics, that the market was not suited. If I didn't have my statistics, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. So that's how we know. <laughs> and it's about being curious too of what you can make 
or what you can do better next time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing that I found it here. And you know, a lot of traders in the retail market and traders who are not really that successful, they're really closed down and they're really protective of their strategy. And when I try to introduce something new, they're like, oh, no, 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 my strategy works fine. I need to just take my losses and I'm okay. And I'm like, wow, you know, because why are they so protective? Why are they so rigid? We say rigidity is toxicity. And the more open-minded you are, and this is what I find with all the big traders, they always talk about the markets. They ask everyone, they ask their peers, right? What do you think about the markets? Uh, you know, one guy would say the tens do this, the threes do that. And that's why I think the bond market is going to do this. And that's why I think the equity markets and the options market is going to do that. And then another guy says, well, because the tens do this and the threes do that, I think the options market is going to do this. And this is going to have an impact on the bond market there. So they talk about it like adult human beings and discuss different options, different viewpoints, different um, correlations, different possibilities. Whereas retail traders, they are like, no, you, you're wrong. What's wrong with you? You don't know how to trade. You're a loser. I know how to trade. My system works and I'm the only one who is right. Another really big difference. Yeah, that's big too. But I was surprised a few months back when I was working with a, a, a trader managing million and then he asked me kind of what I trade. And I thought, well, I'm just yeah. like trading movie and stuff. So why, why would he ask me if he knows how to trade himself? And I shared, of course, what I trade. But that's like people are curious on different views and different opinions. So I really like that. that that's a good exactly. point. Exactly. Like the rocket scientist, he's so yeah. much smarter than me. And he asked me, right? Or when I met Linda Rashke at the ATAA conference here, like most amazing trader, right? Most successful female trader in the world, in my opinion, in, in, in any area. And, and she asked me and it's like, wow, I'm just a small potato compared to you. But it's this curiosity that they have. And it's also the really the honest and true interest in other people. What do they do? And this is one of the things that I saw. I've watched all of Linda's uh, web, um, webinars now on, on YouTube and read her books, Street Smart. One thing that's, that's really, really standing out for me is that she always, always was working with new, fresh minds, with people who were extraordinary at one piece of information, one extraordinary at coding, another one extraordinary at options trading, another one extraordinary at, um, I don't know, at something else. And she would learn from them. She would spend weeks working with them. And she was never too proud and never too important not to ask questions like the guy that interviewed you. That's being humble. They know that they're amazing and yet they're willing to learn more about others. That is humble. Not the no brag rule. That's bullshit. Yeah. Brag. If you're amazing, brag. Let us know because it inspires us. But don't shut us out. Love that. It's powerful. So how can people find That's you? Can connect with you or reach out after? Where can they find you? So my website is tradingpsychology.com.au. I am not a trading psychologist in the world of political correctness. I have to point that out. I bought this website in 2005, I think. So I'm a trained coach and lots of free information. All of Etienne's YouTube lives that we did on, on that website as well. So you can look back there. There's also um, contact me. You can contact me for a 40-minute free, I think it's 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. 30, 40 minutes, whatever we need. Assessment session, a free assessment session where you can get in touch with me. So, yes. And on Twitter, of course, mpx underscore trader. Just follow Etienne and you'll find me. <laughs> love that powerful thank you man i appreciate anything you want to leave people with for this session and thing they have to apply like want to be very tactical what should they apply in the next week okay so maybe we let them say guys what is one thing that you would like to take into the next week that you would like to learn yeah comment below and this is another good uh, thing that traders yeah. do a very good one they said goals for every week like you cannot just have a week and not learn from that week, you have to set a goal for the next week after on how you can become better. Yeah. Otherwise, you're kind of a week wasted or a month wasted. Exactly. That's what we do. We, do, we put our uh, weekly um, goals every, every Sunday, right? We write down our goals, Etienne. Yeah. And that's how we become so enormously efficient. So, one person. Yeah, I want to have one takeaway in the comment. And I yeah. think it's more delay, but. And this is really yeah. interesting. That's another thing. And this is what I did with Cyclops as well. So, 
we talked about the book from Carol Dweck, Fixed Mindset, right? It's called Mindset. And it's talking about fixed mindset and flexible mindset. Most people that read the book and they say, yay, great book, fantastic. And then they put it aside. And that's what I do with our work as well, Etienne, and it frustrates me. They say, wow, great presentation. Thank you so much. We had so much fun. What Cyclops did is he got in touch with me and he said, let's have a look. Where in my trading am I fixed and where am I flexible? How can I improve? How can I apply that in my life? And that is the difference between extremely successful traders or people who are extremely successful in their life. They don't just consume information. They take one piece and apply it straight away. Yeah. Okay. And then if you want to make it even more powerful, you go back in the month, watch this again, take another piece to apply. And then yes, you yes, exactly. five times. And then you've applied all we, all we talked about, but progressively, not all at once. And that's how you make it stick in the future. So we don't get anything. Um, so what I would like to suggest is go back to your trades and look at if you had taken every trade according to your exit strategy, would you have made money? If you didn't, your strategy needs work. Don't be down on yourself. Don't be upset. Just recognize my strategy needs work. There are a few gaps. Let's go and fix that. If you have made, if you would have made money, then your mindset needs work. So don't get upset. Go and fix your mindset. That's all there is for, about it. Nothing else. And so many people, and I posted that on Twitter as well. I was so, that's the last thing that I give you on your way. I was so absorbed with feeling bad about myself and judging others, you know, and thinking about what's wrong with me and why can't I do it. I wasted hours of my day on that. And when I cut that, when I stopped doing it, I had suddenly so many hours free to learn and to develop and to grow. So every time I had something that I didn't like, I would go and change it and find out how to change it. Let's say it this way, because it was often took me months to find out one thing, how to change it. Yeah. So that's what I want to give you on the way. 